Welcome back to Want to Watch here on Get Football Plus, where we will take a look at some of the up-and-coming stars of today's football world. My name is Alfred. I'm your host for today, and I'm joined by Kish. Kish, I usually ask you how you're doing, but today we have an emergency at hand. Um, PSG is currently in a dramatic position as they are lacking a midfielder for the end of, uh, of the winter and the, and the start of the new year. No, I'm actually kidding. They're, they're really not lacking midfielders. They have a bunch, actually, um, such as Ugarte, um, Carlos Soler, Vitinha, um, even Cher Endur, who they signed during the, the summer. But um, Piaget are having kind of their, their usual, usual, sorry, uh, or at least a start to their usual breakdown that they have uh, each year um, coming up towards the, the Champions League knockout stages. And as a response to that, I think Luis Enrique is kind of looking to um, set the fire off before it's even started. And he's asked his board, at least rep- uh, reportedly, reportedly, according to, to RMC, which is a, a media here in France, um, according to them, he, he's asked his board to sign up a new um, midfielder this winter uh, to kind of um, bounce off of um, Warren Zari Emery's injury, which he he sustained against uh, Gibraltar during the the winter break, he's out until the next year. Uh, Fabian Ruiz hurt his shoulder last weekend, and he's out for a few games as well. And uh, Kangin Lee uh, will be missing a good part of January and February due to the Asian Cup and him going to play there. So yeah, um, a bit of a of a hissy fit, I want to say from from PSG considering. The, the amount of money they spent on those midfielders that they have at the squad. Um, I think they've spent a, a, over $130 million on all the midfielders they have, not counting uh, Ruiz, uh, Zaire Emery, and Kangin. So, yeah, a, a lot of midfielders. But, yeah, apparently they still need another one. So I think today we're going to kind of try to, to figure out a few midfield options um, that they could lean towards. Uh, sorry, now that that's out of the way... Kish, how, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Um, yeah, sounds like a bit of a, a fake crisis, but you know how how these big clubs operate. They're they're they demand success all the time. So it's, uh, these aren't even really major major injuries. I don't think Zay Emery is probably out till late January, maybe maybe even February. But you know, it's it's, it's not it's not major major. I think Ruiz will be back in the middle of January around that maybe even the end of December. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's panic stations, but I think a bit premature for that, um, especially with some of the sort of young talent they have, like Sharon Dor, as you mentioned, and and Zaya Emery, and also a couple of guys they've got out on loan as well. Um, it would be a shame if they, if they signed someone to block those pathways. And I've been so pleased with the sort of, game time that Zayamri has especially got this this season because I think it's much deserved. I think he's incredible. Um, and yeah, so so I think th- if they are to sign someone, they should probably be looking at uh, the older age scale, sort of someone that's not in need of first team football every week, someone who can kind of be that experienced head, um, good for the dressing room, rotate in and out, play kind of different roles and yeah be that sort of stopgap while while they have this sort of mini crisis i think the the crisis they're having is just a response to 
general um, um, traumatism they've developed throughout the years due to all these disappointing um, Champions League um, outcomes, I guess. Um, but yeah, they have been in talks or in rumors, um, even with some youngsters recently, uh, specifically Gabriel Moscardo and also Andre, who are Andre Trin- Trinidad or something is his name, who are two very promising Brazilian midfielders. But yeah, as you said, considering that that the squad always already possesses um, a lot of solid and very promising youngsters. Um, specifically in the midfield, uh, I think here the, the better option would definitely be to sign that experienced mid. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through a few options on, on that side of things. But before we do get into that, I kind of want to look back. We have a off-topic look back on some of the uh, latest transfer news um, that that we've had in the in the past couple of days. With the most notable one, um, Brian Zaragoza signing for Bayern. Um, I know you, you're a big fan of him. What, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a... I mean, it's 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 a bigger step up than I thought he'd get. I think he's been he's been unbelievable this season. Probably one of the best wingers in Spain and Europe. Um, sort of a, a small kind of agile, quick winger um, who sort of looks looks so skinny and so small, but 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 seems to be able to cope um, due to his sort of blister and speed and and one v one ability. He's 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 a real problem for for every fullback he faces. Um, he can play either flank and sort of got that got that ball striking um, ability even when he's like in full speed. So he's he's really really lethal. Um, and I think he's been he's been in sort of a struggling side and and, and shining through. Um, amongst a sort of average team, uh, I think Bayern are stacked with wingers. Um, you know, you've got Nabri, Coman, Sane. Um, you've got they've just signed that Australian guy, Iran Kuada, something like that. Iran Kunda, yeah. To to come in. Um, who else have they got? They've got they've got a couple of others, I believe. Um, Matisse Tell as well can play on Matisse the Matisse Tell is the other one who's sort of a forward slash winger. Um, so, so yeah, they're stacked there. I don't think it's necessarily the best move, but I also do sort of have faith in Bayern's strategy because they, they don't tend to make rash signings just for the sake of this. They sort of often have a plan with their, with their signings and they, and they often are successful. Um, so I'd, I'm really excited to see him, him there. And I'd sort of think that might be the end for, one of their wingers, at least, or or um, or otherwise, he's going to struggle for game time. So, so we'll see how that turns out. But, but a really, really exciting player. I think he brings something kind of different from what they already have. Um, in general, Bayern are known for having all these kind of physical monsters. When you when you look at at their side, just a, a machine that kind of dominates teams that they play against by pure athleticism and physicality and then by also um tactical uh setups and circuits and just pure technical quality also but for the for the most part they they do them the most of their domination i guess through that that physical aspect when you look at the wingers nabri sane um, Coman, 
all rapid rapid wingers, great technically, but also quite quite physically dominant. Uh, they they can usually take a challenge on um, shoulder to shoulder, uh, burst through with pace. But when you look at them, and then you look at Brian Saragossa, I think he he definitely brings something different to that side, and he he definitely have um, an opportunity to to push through into that squad if he is able to really prove that those qualities that he has that those players don't necessarily have can also can actually be useful to that side and he can ap- apply them to what is like tactic tactically demanded from him yeah and i think um just to go back to what you're saying i think he is he is different i also think Sane, since his sort of injury struggles, I think has transformed his game a little bit, um, especially. So I think he's, when he came on the scene, he was sort of a blistering, fast, 1v1 sort of player. And I think he's become a very creative um, winger who sort of plays more inside and 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 is a real provider now for Kane, especially, but all, all of Bayern. I think he's been unbelievable this season. Um, so it's sort of a different option there. And I think Nabri, I'd probably say the same. He hasn't got that 1v1 ability he used to have. I think Coman's still uh, unbelievable there, but he's had his injury struggles too. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's, they've, they're stacked there, but they're not all sort of similar players to Zaragoza. So, so it'll be interesting to, um, to see how that goes. Well, who was the other, who was the other um, recent transfer you wanted to talk about? Yeah, that's the only actual transfer that that's happened so far, been confirmed, but there's been rumors with Bayern uh, again, actually, for Lenny Euro from um, Lille, who I think could be an excellent signing for for Bayern. Though I, I think he should also be loaned straight back to Lille for at least another season, or just Liga in general. Though Lille is, is a pretty good club for developing that kind of of player, because um, I think specifically in the physical department, he's definitely lacking uh, in in duels. He does sometimes get caught out, even though he, he is tall. He, he 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 is quite easy to 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 beat in aerial duels, specifically at times. I think uh, less def- less offensively, where he's actually quite solid. But yeah, defensively, not the best in aerial duels and not the best in duels in general. I think his main qualities come through his ball playing ability, ball carrying, and just his confidence on the ball. I think, but. That, that physical aspect is definitely something that's very important in Bundesliga. So I think if he does want to thrive at Bayern, he'll definitely have to work on that. Yeah, I think I'm I'm a huge fan of Euro. I think he's he's definitely needs to grow into his body because he's quite slight. Um he's tall, but yeah, as you said, he can he can I think in, in, in especially in those aerials, he's he finds it hard to kind of stay in on battle. You know, when you're in the air and you're challenging up for 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 an aerial duel, you can easily get shifted to the side. I think that's what sometimes happens with him. But yeah, he sort of, he reminds me of a of a young Varane, but but sort of better in possession. Um, his ability to sweep behind, um, he's quick. He's he's brilliant on the ball. Um, sort of a, a typical modern centre back, but really mature for his age, which is why he's been so. Um, so trusted in, in terms of playing first team football. I think he made his debut at 16. Am I right? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, he's 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 definitely one to watch. And I think Bayern are so good at sort of snapping up those those talents early. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I also think that in the Bundesliga, he could thrive even more because of how much 
uh, transitional play that's going on in that league. You don't necessarily have to be the the best. Um, yeah, you have to be good defensively, but more at covering space more than actual um, tackling and one v one dueling. Especially if he's already paired with another defensively very sound center back. But in those transitional plays, when, when you're trying to get the ball to your wingers or attackers, his ball playing ability could definitely be super valuable for for Byron. Um, and so the, the the last player I kind of want to touch on was um, a bit of an lesser known one is Tangi Koulibaly, who was playing at Stuttgart until I want to say last summer, maybe a, a bit before. Uh, but yeah, I think it was last summer where he his, his contract expired there and he signed for Montpellier in Ligue 1, which is a, a team that I'm I'm watching quite a bit from, uh, specifically because of Akor Adams being there and also Moussa Altamari, who are two of the of my favorite players in Ligue 1 this season. And I think that Tangi Koulibaly could be the perfect balance kind of to, to Altamari, who likes to cut inside using his skills and, and technical ability. And Koulibaly just being more of a pure, powerful, quick winger who can can play a lot of balls into the box. And yeah, I think I think if he has the right mindset and is put in the right tactical dispositions, I, th- I think he can be a great player in Liga. Yeah, for sure. And and we touched on Aqua Adams in a couple podcasts ago. Um, and a really, really exciting young striker. So so yeah, I think uh, another winger sort of to to provide for him would be would be just even even more scary for the for the defenders. And um and I'm I'm surprised it took him this long to sort of find a club as he is he what's he what's he been doing in the in the meantime. Yeah, I was surprised as well. I, I thought he was gonna find a club straight away. I remember seeing people recommend recommending him for Marseille, though I think that might have been a bit of a step too high. Though he could have been useful as a, as a as a squad player, but I think he's just been living the life. Maybe yeah, <laughs> definitely been, been been training because I, I saw his um, his signing pictures for, with Montpellier. He, he looked fit, but yeah. I think he's just been yeah just training, doing some physical work, and just living the good life. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's it for for today for the for the transfer news. I guess we can head back to our main topic at hand which is the the psg situation and yeah maybe you can go ahead and and speak about the, the first player who you've selected so my first player um was i think it's probably a surprising one I'd, um but I, I was i was thinking of pierre mil from spurs um i think he is sort of the perfect mold of a, of a type of signing they would want and need sort of um, Enrique's called out for an experienced um, Champions League level player. Um, Hoibier has played in the Champions League um, for a few seasons. Um, he's played in many different roles, um, both at Spurs, at Southampton and at Bayern. Um, I think he's he's also played a bit of a more advanced role at Denmark. Um, so he can sort of do it all up until like the number 10 position. Yeah, I don't think he'd play there, but sort of an advanced A, um, box to box A, a more holding player, um, a lone six, which he's done quite a few times this season at Spurs. Um, and he's sort of a player who who's good at everything and not outstanding at anything. Um, he's He understands what, what, what I get impressed by with him is, is sort of his mental capability. So he understands game state very well. 
Um, so Spurs have often brought him on this season. Um, intense kind of moments in, in games where some sort of stability is needed. Um, 1-0s, 2-1s, 65th minute sort of thing. Um, he's come on and sort of slowed the game down, um, kept possession, controlled the game, maybe um, wasted a bit of time, stuff like that. Just just the sort of experience that you need, in, uh, especially a young side. Um, I think PSG have lacked that sort of... They've had the players to do so, but sometimes I've seen them in the Champions League when they have gone crashing out and, and they've they've lacked that sort of experienced head, especially in two-legged tyres. Um so I think I think Hoybier would be a would be a great option for them. And I know Spurs were willing to sell in the summer, um, but weren't able to strike a deal up. I think Atletico Madrid was the main suitor. Um so it'll be interesting to see. I think he's had a big impact this season. So they wouldn't sell without a replacement in mind, I think. Um, but it's definitely a a good fit, I think, for for what Enrique is after, I think. I think Hoiberg was amongst midfield targets. I want to say when Pochettino was at, at PSG, I could be completely mistaken and just just going off like just discussions. But I think it was an option back then, though. Though I I wouldn't want to be quoted on that. But I remember when he signed for Spurs. It was when Mourinho was there, and Mourinho had kind of gone about the the transfer window to Mourinho eyes his squad um he had signed matt doherty as well from uh, wolves and um and and hoiberg and i can't remember who else but i remember there was a, a third player who was always in that who was also in that kind of combative uh, soldier-esque uh, role or, or type of player and as you just mentioned i think a Mourinho-esque player is that type of player who can just hold on to a one no league uh, lead obviously and as you just mentioned um psg are just lacking that type of player i think who's kind of smart will, will win a will win an easy foul will gain some time will know how to where to play the ball when to hold on to possession not to play it too fast um into the the, the offensive side of the pitch um and yeah i i just think that's definitely the type of player PSG would want to would need to sign at least. Though I don't think that's the type of player they'll want to sign just because of the club's uh, typical transfer policy. Yeah, I think uh, when I when I've watched PSG at times, I think they lack they lack that experience, and I think they're naive at times. And I think even someone like Ugarte, who's he hasn't been on the greatest form recently, but you know he's a he's a great young defensive midfielder. He can sometimes get kind of dragged out of position, um, over-aggressive, kind of, he's very proactive, so he's always going to want to press and, and 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 press high. Um, and at times, sort of wrongly wrongly do that. And I think Koibia is someone who can come into a midfield and calm it, calm it down a little bit. Um, I think Vitinha and Kang In Lee, who obviously is going to the Asian Cup, but are both very talented, but can be inconsistent. And, and um, that... They're, they're sort of young young players and and it's it's definitely a a statement when Zay Emery often looks like the most mature player in that midfield when he's just 17 um so yeah I think they are sort of missing that experienced head um especially with Verratti's sort of 
not being there anymore. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think it, it would be a good option. But I know, especially with their new sort of transfer strategy, that 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 that's not the sort of signing they usually make. It's actually it's actually so unfortunate because back in the summer there were so many good options in that specific mold of just an experienced Champions League player to go after. Uh, I noted a few down. Um, there was Marcel Sabitzer, who was coming off the back of a disappointing loan at United, but is still a great player with a lot of experience. Davy Klassen, the, the ex-Ajax player who, who then signed for Inter. Um, Matteo Kovacic, obviously, who signed for City, though. That was a, a paid transfer, so it would have been a bit of an invest, investment. Gundogan as well, who went on to Barca. I was kind of pr- um, begging PSG to sign him because I just thought that was the player they were missing. Um, Brozovic as well, who left Inter for Saudi Arabia. Uh, also, Stanislas Lobotka, who I think would have been a very smart signing back in the summer, but I, I doubt that Napoli would be open to let him go uh, at the current time. But yeah, so many, so many great options to go after. And in the end, they opted for Ugarte, who had a really good start to the season and is a, a extremely promising youngster, of course. But when it's kind of like the Chelsea problem, it's not because a, a youngster is promising that you have to sign him because sometimes your team just doesn't need the youngster. Sometimes your team just needs that experienced guy who's going to, you, you get at the, like who you get, um, off the end of his contract or just sign for a few million euros you, you don't always need that next superstar i mean Piaget, you always go for that player but you, you don't always need that and i think that's kind of what has negatively dragged down their team in 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 the past few seasons i want to say 10 seasons even is just always looking for that next star when this whole time you just needed that balancing player who you can just get for free basically yeah, for me, like you need you need that blend of of especially for teams that want to win at all times. You can't. Chelsea have been a prime example of that. You can't rely on these young players who are still needing of of growth and development um, to deliver trophies immediately. And I think with PSG, I think they had the right idea, sort of stripping it back a little bit because they were very win orientated in terms of we need that Champions League um, and some of the transfers they were making were sort of backwards in my eyes and, and, and it was a shame to see all that French um, especially Parisian talent go elsewhere a lot of the time and I think they sort of tried to reverse that a little bit which I really liked um, but yeah it, it, ha- it has to be a blend right um, especially with Zay Emery as one of your main midfielders, you probably want someone a bit more experienced next to him, um, especially with the the advanced midfielders being the likes of Vitinha and um, Kangin and 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 those guys. Um, obviously, you've got Fabio Ruiz, those also quite experienced. But but yeah, it always has to be the right blend. And um, I think in this moment of the season and the current circumstances, a more experienced head would definitely be. Um, a plus for sure. Yeah, when you look at, I think one of the my my favorite examples, recent time from that is Inter Milan, who 
off off actually i'm not sure when these signings happened but I, basically they signed ed and zeko they signed mikatarian they signed i mean they had uh matteo darmian i think they, they already had him but basically all these guys when they joined or, or stayed at the club they weren't at, at their most exciting uh, level of performance, so to say, like not not a youngster, not an overperforming player, just some good players who are experienced and who bring what they know they can bring to the team. And so, when all these players came together, on top of some superstars, of course, such as um, Barella, such as Lotaro Mart- Martinez, when all these players came together. It just gives a perfect blend of experience and superstars. I I, I know it, I, I've read that um, if you want to win, you give I can't remember the numbers, but you give most of your you spend most of your money on your three best players, and then the rest can just be good. I'm, I'm sure that's not the, the exact quote, but that was basically the the gist of it. And I totally agree with that. Like. You don't need a, a team full of superstars. And I feel like we've repeated this over and over again about PSG along the years, but it's it's just so true and so unfortunate that um, it's still a problem today that, yeah, when, when you want to win, you just need a few superstars and then, uh, and then eight or seven players who just do the job. And I think that the signing that they can go for this winter can just be that that guy. Yeah, I guess it depends as well on on how you want to win. I mean, like PSG are so used to winning the league that that they can sort of afford to slip up in the transfer market and still sort of make their way to the top of the league. Um, I think the the thing that I've thought is a bit of a shame is that I agree you don't need superstars all over the pitch, um, and those other guys can be guys that know what it means to play for PSG and are. are French born or even Parisian born, um, because there's such talent across across Paris and France overall that that why 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 wouldn't you want those guys who sort of know what the club means, um, or work hard for the club, especially the academy players that they've let go in the past, sort of um your DRBs, uh Mike Magnan, um who else did they have? They had um Rabiu, Coman, yeah, Coman and Kunku. Exactly. And all these guys that sort of definitely had the talent to at least be squad players, if not starters. Um, and I think at times we've seen PSG just just spend, 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 and then you get guys who aren't really bothered about the club or or what it means to play for the club. Um, so it's, de- it's it's definitely nice to see them sort of trying to build back towards that. Um, and that that doesn't obviously have to be the whole the whole team being French or Parisian, but I think. It's a nice blend, and I think, yeah, as you said, not all, not all of them have to be superstars. Just they need to be the right characters um, and the right people that will blend those superstars together. You've already you've already got a crazy amount of talent um, there, and it, you don't necessarily need that everywhere. I think the problem with what you what you just said is that what does it actually mean today to play for PSG? I think the the they focus so much on results and just as soon as something goes wrong, just swapping a new manager, buying a new player, putting X amount of money on the table to get this new star signing who will lead the way. 
it, I think it just doesn't mean anything anymore to play for PSG, apart from making a, a nice salary. But I guess you that's what you try and build, right? So you try and build that culture within. I think it's definitely getting harder to have that identity within a football club because of the amount of money that's, that's being thrown around. Um, but I think in the past, you've seen sort of the elite teams and there's still that culture there. Barcelona's a, a prime example. I think obviously they've lost their way a little bit, but under under Pep at Barcelona, we had, you had that culture that was pure and, and sort of so clear to see. And I think Man City have sort of managed it as well under Pep a bit. I know they sign a lot, but they've had a few academy players come through and they, they, they've built their academy to a point where everyone who kind of comes through is, is a technical sort of tactical IQ high player sort of. Um, and United used to have the same under, under Ferguson. I think it's about building that, that culture rather than it just being, you know, that, that cliche, oh, what is it to be a PSG player? I think it definitely needs to be built um, and rebuilt often. Um, and that's, to, that's down to the manager and the owners, I guess. Um, and, and PSG have definitely failed to build that over, over recent years. Yeah, and I think that's why they signed Luis Enrique. Well, at least I hope that's why they signed him, to aim towards building that reputation and that respect for the, the club back up. So hopefully, if Luis Enrique doesn't, doesn't win the Champions League this year, that doesn't mean he'll be kicked out of the club as they usually do. But... So to move back to the, the original discussion, yeah, as I said, so many great players could have been signed last summer, but they didn't. And now not that many options are, are left to go for. So I've selected three who kind of have the same, same similar profile. The first one is um, the one I think they should 100% go for. And also the one I think would be the hardest to convince is uh, Joao Mario, who is um, playing at Benfica. I think he's thirty years old. I want to say maybe a bit a bit older, but I think I believe he's thirty years old, and obviously had that outstanding season last year, scoring twenty three goals and assisting fifteen in all comp- in all competitions. Sorry, so yeah, very impressive stats for a midfielder, and I think Joao Mario just kind of brings everything to the table that PSG need. He's experienced, first of all, a great leader, also very um, intelligent on the pitch and in his movement and in the way that he uses the ball. He's very capable in holding the ball at times when necessary and kind kind of slowing the tempo down and picking out the right pass. He's also a great offensive asset, which can always be a plus, specifically in, in knockout knockout stages of competition, which is basically PSG's main focus every year. So, um, yeah, a, a, gr- a great player who I think could also blend very well with what PSG already have with the obvious Portuguese theme going on. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos, uh, Danilo Pereira, Vitinha, uh, Nuno Menge, etc., I mean, I, mean, I want to say et cetera, but that's pretty much it. Ugarte as well played at Sporting. And then uh, um, Sharon Doerr played at Benfica. I think. Yeah, Benfica. So yeah, that obvious um, Portuguese theme, which I think João Mario could add to perfectly and just be that 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 perfect signing for that midfield who could who could kind of balance out what Zaire Emery brings 
what um, Ugarte brings and what Mario uh, Jean Mario brings, and then at times have Vitinha and Ruiz and whoever you want. But I think he's he's just that player that can kind of play any role that you ask for him. He's also he can also play on the wing if you need instead of Usman Dembele. If you need someone who brings more defensively, is more assured on the ball, less aiming to go straight towards the goal, more to, to kind of recycle possession, you play him there. A lot of options with that player. And I, I just think he would be the perfect signing. I the, the, the only problem I have with him is that when he left Portugal for the first time, I want to say he, he, he left from Porto, though I could be mistaken, but I think before in his first time in, in Portugal, he, he left from Porto and he signed for Inter Milan, was it? I believe it was Inter Milan, yeah. And he also played for West Ham for one season. And those two experiences went pretty poorly, um, though though it wasn't wasn't the worst. But it it didn't go too well for him. And as soon as he came back to Portugal, he got back um, on his feet and and got back to the level that everyone kind of expected him to be at when he when he moved away from Portugal. And I feel like there are some players specifically Portuguese players, because of the culture that there is in, in Portugal and specifically at Benfica and at Porto, these huge clubs who really have a culture of just football and pure football and no no drama, no stories, no supercars, no big brands and luxury and all of this and just pure football. You show up to training. Um, I remember Adel Tarap saying this about uh, to, during an interview, saying that everyone would show up to training in the in the the team's gear, like the, the not the the sponsor gear, just like the the regular training clothes. Show up to training, all they talk about was football, and then you leave training, you go back home, you eat well, you don't go out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's just the culture that there is there, and specifically in at Benfica, and that's just the complete opposite to what there is at PSG. And I just, first of all, I couldn't even imagine João Mario wanting to leave Benfica for PSG. I think he'd kind of be disgusted, maybe almost not to not to offend PSG, but almost disgusted from from the difference in culture between the two clubs. And also, yeah, I, I just can't imagine Benfica letting go of him due to how important of a player he's become for them. Yeah, I think. Um... On Jao Mario, I think, well, well, first of all, I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't underestimate that it's his last, probably last big contract um, or last opportunity for a big, big contract. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to be on crazy money at Benfica, but, but would be on decent, decent money. But I guess that would be the, that would be the, the sort of aim for him um, if he was to, if he was to go there. Um, in terms of <coughs> him, him as a player, um, I remember I've got two two of my best friends are, are West Ham season ticket holders and they they were very sort of very they don't really get those sort of those sort of European um famous players come to West Ham. I think they do more now, but back then they didn't. And they were very um excited when he came. And I think the first few games they were they were sort of very impressed with his because he was a he was a whole level of technical ability above the rest of their team. Um, but I think what what they said is that he used to go 
missing quite a lot in matches. So sort of when they were playing well, he'd he'd shine, and and when they weren't, he wouldn't be that player to to sort of drag them through. Which at a club like West Ham or a lower league level club, if you are that sort of higher technical quality, then that's kind of your role. I think in a club like PSG, he'd be he'd be he'd be fine because he he sort of blends in and and he can he can match them technically, tactically, um, mentally, and and his versatility is is obviously huge. Um, playing on both flanks, um, playing in midfield, um, probably can't play as a six, but sort of play everywhere else. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's definitely definitely a good shout. Yeah, I forgot to mention, but his his contract is expiring in 2026, so it doesn't have too long of a contract left. Though the two two seasons is still quite quite a lot. But yeah, as you said, if he if he's aiming for that final contract, um, PSG or or Saudi Arabia is definitely the the move for him. Um, but I think yeah, for what you're saying about his time at West Ham and kind of zoning in and out of matches, I think since he's been back at Benfica, he's kind of grown a lot in terms of maturity and in terms of knowing his responsibilities on the pitch. I don't watch a lot of Liga Nos, but I know that I watched a good few games of Benfica last year in, in the Champions League. And when they were in a difficult situation, he was kind of the player who to get them out of it, either by just being that, that offensively assured and technically dominant player who can just, you know, when, when everyone's panicking, he's the one who will be calm on the ball and make the right decision. And so in that sense, I think he's probably evolved from that, though Though I, I can't say that for sure because I haven't seen him that that much. But I think at least um, as a, a rotational player who does get a lot of game time, he would be basically the perfect fit for PSG. Did, did you, do you have a, another player in mind? Yeah, so I think um, the, the, other, the other two guys that I sort of thought um different kind of players to Hoybier, but it's obviously dependent on what what Enrique prioritizes. I think um the first one was Rodrigo de Poole. I know he's been sort of linked to away from Atletico at times, um, then more settled at times. So it's it's hard to know what his plans are, but I think he's a, a sort of similar to Jao Mario, sort of quite versatile, um, progressive passer, very press resistant. Um a real winner um, in terms of having that kind of Atletico mindset and mentality, um, and yeah, I think a, a, just a just a top 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 player um, who who will fit kind of nicely in that in that squad. And I don't think he's one who will just come for the paycheck. He's one of those who has that passion for every game he plays in. Um, and the other ones are more outside shout. Someone who's less Champions League experience. Um, but probably the best of of the players I've mentioned, um, I've really been impressed with in this this season is um, Lucas Paqueta at West Ham, um, who obviously would be more expensive, is on the younger side, and would would definitely be one that would be a sort of first team potential player. Um, but I've just been really impressed with just not only his his technical ability, but sort of his tenacity out of possession um ability to sort of run games for West Ham this season and and be their prime creator but also their prime progressor through midfield um I think he's been sort of everywhere for them and I, I'm not surprised that City were so heavily linked in the summer um but it's a very different sort of option to what we've discussed and that's sort of one that 
that if they really wanted like a player that would impact the first team mid to long term as well, um, as well as short term, um, he would be a, a good option. How about you? Did you have any others? Yeah, I, ha- I have two others, but before before getting to them, just just on Paqueta, I know that he was linked to PSG um, back when he was playing at Lyon before signing for, for West Ham. I- I'm pretty sure he was linked to them and they were interested. And I also think that he he's definitely a player that they could go for in the future. But for this winter's window specifically, I think he'd just be too expensive and that's not really the, the type of that's it's not really the moment that they're looking to invest a lot on a player, but yeah, I think he he could bring a lot to that to that side for sure. Uh, yeah, but so for for the for the final players that I picked out, kind of to go over them quickly as well. One of them was um, Pieter Zielinski from Napoli, who I think kind of in the same sense that um, as um, João Mario is just very sound and calm and collected on the ball and is also an excellent passer who I I think PSG are kind of missing this year. Just, I mean, Vitinha's passing is good, but just that pure creative mid from like creative passer, I want to say kind of like they had with Verratti. I feel like they're, they're kind of missing that this year. And I feel like having that player, higher up on the pitch than what Verratti used to play would make him even more impactful in in the team to, to get the ball to the likes of Mbappe and Dembele, of course. And Zielinski is also um, a free-kick specialist, which they are lacking as well ever since Messi and Neymar departed. So I think Zielinski could be a great shout for them. And the final one I had is a player, another player playing in, in Portugal, um, who's playing at uh, Porto. In His name is Stefan Estacchio, who's a, a Canadian midfielder who's been at the club for, for a good few years now. And I feel like he's gotten to that point where he'll be looking for his next move, if not this winter. I mean, probably not this winter because most players kind of want to finish off the season with their club. But I think next summer he'll definitely be looking for a move. Um, he, he's kind of... Uh, less of a of a passer than um, than a uh, Jean Mario and Zielinski, and more of a, a ball carrier. He's a very energetic player, quite quite small, um, low center of, of gravity, but yeah, very energetic um, on the ball. Always trying to push forward as soon as he receives it. Uh, also has a, a great long shot on him, which uh, allows him to be a threat uh, in the final third as well, and. He, he, he doesn't really have that Champions League experience like Zielinski and João Mario do. Although he, he has played a good few games in Champions League, he's not exactly the, the experienced midfielder that comes to mind just because he's only 26 and hasn't played as many games in that competi- competition as the two other. But what he does have, well, is that fact that he's 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 younger. Um, and, and that hunger, I think, that Zielinski and João Mario might not have at that, at that point. Well, he's like he's a Canadian midfielder who hasn't really played for a big club yet. You know, if he, if he's if he were to sign for PSG, I could definitely imagine him being just extremely determined to to prove it, prove himself and and perform well at a high level. So I think he he definitely give himself give give his all to to the club, 
while Jean Mario and Zielinski could perhaps be only after like that that final deal in their career to make to make uh, a bit more money. Uh, so I, I think he'd be an interesting option. He's only worth um, t- 10 or 15 million euros, so not too expensive. And yeah, just like Jean Mario, he'd definitely blend in well with the rest of the, the Portuguese guys there. Yeah, I think both both definitely different um, different from each other's shouts, but but both make sense. I guess it depends on sort of the stylistic fit that Enrique wants um, in terms of that a creative creative player, more like energetic sort of up and down player. Um, it, it all depends. I think they've got different profiles in their squad, so it's it's heavily dependent on what they feel is most needed to be covered. Um, yeah, Zelinski especially. I think Napoli. Napoli's obviously been very disappointing this year. Um, I, I feel like their squad will sort of break up a little bit um, and, and they'll kind of look to build it back up. Um, the only issue I think is their owner's tough tough to deal with. Um, I know he holds out for big, big prices for his players um, and the players often are kind of kept there, um, especially by, by the supporters and the culture of, of Naples too. Um, they're very, you know, hardcore there. So... So yeah, they, it would be interesting to see if if that would be a, a deal they'd be willing to negotiate. Um, but yeah, both 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 very good shouts. Yeah, it would definitely be tough, tough from Piaget to try to go after a starting player at Napoli midway through the season. I'm not sure uh, uh, Napoli's uh, president would like that. I can't remember his name, but yeah, I know he's he's famous for De for being quite Laurent or something. Yeah. Like that. Yes. Something yeah. like that, but uh, yeah, I know he's famous for being quite almost dramatic during the the, the windows. But um, yeah, actually, um, but yeah, he at least he could um, recreate that midfielder with Fabian Ruiz, actually, which would be an interesting aspect of that signing. But I think we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up for today. Been going on for quite a bit now. Um. But yeah, I'm definitely excited and interested in seeing who PSG do go after and if any of our predictions, I guess, come come to come to life. But uh, as a reminder, you can follow Kish at Rondo underscore reports on X. You can also follow me, Alfred, at driver underscore ice, I-C-E-E on X as well. Please also keep a lookout on our Get Football Media outlets where we cover European football and world football news with uh, videos, opinions from some of the most plugged-in analysts across the football landscape. You can see a link in our show notes to all of our outlets. Please rate the podcast and give us a five-star review and feel free to leave a comment on our socials too. Thanks for listening and we look forward to the next one. Bye-bye.